God is good. Hallelujah. I said to God, I am, this is his day. And if he gives me 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever crumbs, I will be satisfied. Because this is a day when he must be glorified, he must be honored, he must receive all worship and honor. Unfortunately, I think I uh, should be able to do this in about 15 or 20 minutes. So uh, we can go home at reasonable time. Hallelujah. I just want to pray. Father, I just want to thank you. I feel I've been ministered already. So Lord, let whatever word you want me to share, let it just hit the target and not be a waste of your precious time in the glory that you deserve. Father, I give you all praise, all worship, because you deserve it. I thank you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. We serve a wonderful God. I just want to continue worshiping him and praising him. So hopefully I'll be short. Now, hopefully I've, I've kept the last, the best till last. So without dilly-dallying, if you want to turn with me to John 11. John chapter 11. And it's, uh, for you scholars, you'll know that it's about uh, uh, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. So I'll, I'll start and I'll jump, but uh, we'll get to where we need to get. Because the, uh, the theme, remove the stone, for the dream is not dead. That key scripture is verse 39. But we'll get to there where it says, take away the stone. So. We start, and it says, uh, verse, uh, verse 1, it says, now, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the, the town of Mary, her, her sister Martha. And it was the Mary who'd anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was, was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, that's been Jesus, saying, Lord, Behold, whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, and for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And verse 5 even confirms this is now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that, that he was sick, now, this is what we would expect. I'll, I'll, I'll read what we expect, and I'll read what's there. Said, verse 6, so when he heard that he was sick, he immediately left where he was going and came to Bethany. That's what we would expect. But what it actually says is, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So I want to get the picture. Jesus loves, there's a testimony, Jesus loved, Liz, uh, um, uh, uh, he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. We, we find out later on, or we find out that they loved Jesus. So they send the message, and where he was, was in uh, across Jordan. And uh, if you want to, it's in verse 40, chapter 10, verse 40. He, he was in, um, it's quite a long story, he, the Jews tried to stone him. 
because he called, him, he called himself the son of God. So he went away and he was over Jordan. And from where he was to Bethany was about 20 miles, which is a day's journey. So, as we'll find out later on, so Jesus loved Lazarus. And he was told that he was sick. So he stayed two other days. Now, I want you to, uh, oh, the other thing you need to know about this is that in the Jewish tradition, they believed that if a person died, the spirit hovered over the body for three days. So I want you to see it from Mary and Martha's position. They've sent a message to Jesus. A day's journey to get there. And they are expecting any moment that Jesus will come. And he stays two days. Then he says to his disciples, Lazarus is sleeping. And they say to him, oh, well, if Lazarus is sleeping, he's doing well because, you know, the sickness is over. Then Jesus says, no, Lazarus is dead. But I thank God that I wasn't there so that you will see the glory of God. So here you have Jesus loving Lazarus, spends an extra, an extra two days, and then he comes to the village on the fourth day. This is what I call when God wants to squeeze you to see what fragrance comes out of you. Whether it stinks, whether it's a, it's a perfume of, 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 you don't understand, but you still love the Lord. Because he could have come. See, if he had come on the same day, it would have been the third day. So I want you to understand this. Their brother is already dead. Because you'll find out that if it took a day, it must have, and the message was he was sick. As the messenger was come to Jesus, he must have died. Because they used to bury their people straight away. So it took a day to get to Jesus. Jesus spends two more days. So, so that's your three days. Now, they are desperately, Martha and Mary are saying, Jesus, please come. Even though he's dead, I still believe that you can come. If you come in the third day, there is still hope. There is still hope. Jesus deliberately comes on the fourth day to squeeze out any human possibility. To squeeze out any hope that you had in the traditions of men. So he comes on the fourth day. Circumstances can cause you to believe the word that God has given you, that the situation is that you are squeezed so much that that word it just, just doesn't seem possible. See, I've noticed, and I've noticed when it comes to faith, we, we modern, we, we, we pray, we, we have faith, etc. Until 
the person says they've died. And we all lay our hands down and say, okay, we tried. I've noticed that. And it's not that I suddenly have great faith. I have small faith. But I have a big God. And I've learned to trans... Because the way we're taught and the way we're being taught is that my faith, your faith, etc. So the pressure's on you. But I've learned is that it's not my faith. It's God. So I don't have any pressure. I'm not saying I haven't come to that place yet where I'm faced with a dead body yet. But I'm in training. Now what I mean is this. When I go to, when I used to go to the gym, I had to start again. There were some guys who are lifting weights. And I'm thinking, my goodness me. If I tried it, I'd injure, no, if I tried to lift it, I would injure myself, never mind lift it. But they didn't just start there. They started with the, the uh, weight they could manage because they could slowly build up on that one. Then over a period of time, they started building up in bigger weights. So I'm not saying up the stage, uh, I'm not at the stage, I don't know, where I am lifting weights where I can say, confidently walk into a place and says, nah, this is not unto death. But I'm getting there because I'm transferring my weight lifting onto God. So this is the picture. Mary and Martha are desperately, desperately, desperately saying, Jesus, he should have been here by now. At least by the third day, there is still hope because the tradition says his Lazarus spirit is still over. So the fourth day, Jesus comes. And if we, verse, we come verse 17, it says, So when Jesus came, he found that they had already been, sorry, let's read again. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then when Martha, uh, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, you can see there are two personalities in the, we know of Martha. Martha is the more practical person. Mary loves with everything that she has. There is no hold back with Mary. When Mary gets involved, Mary is, Mary is uh, the emotional one, the, 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 the demonstrative one, expresses her love openly and without inhibition. So when Martha hears that Jesus is coming. And I ask myself a question. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Is it possible that someone could have told Martha and not Mary? I, I would find it difficult that they would speak to Martha and not speak to Mary. To say, the teachers come, the masters come. But it's speculation. But Martha, as soon as she hears, she runs to where Jesus is. And we have verse 20. 
No, we have 20, 21 and 22, but this is one. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, did you hear that? Four days you have, I mean, I say we modern people, if they die, that's it. We say, oh, well, maybe it was God's will, etc., etc." There are times when your dream is, in your eyes, it's dead, dead, dead. I mean, you know, we're talking completely and utterly, no chance, no way, in your eyes, it's four days dead worth. But she is seeing Jesus and says, even now, even now, it is possible. Now, I just had a bit in my mind to put it sort of where we are. There's a time limit of four days. What if Jesus did not come, let's say, for 40 days? Every time Mary and Martha pass that tomb, it would be a, a, a memorial in their eyes of God failing them, of Jesus failing them. If you can imagine each time they went past, especially from if I gather the personality of Mary's, we'll see, that would have wounded her to the point of, Jesus, how I, I trusted you. I believed you with all my heart. How could you have allowed Lazarus to have died? Many of us have dreams that we have buried. And I understand, I have, a few, I have a few burial grounds myself that I'm now visiting, removing stones. So I know the pain of trusting God in something that you believe, you know in your knower that God has spoken, yet you've had to bury that dream. And I just want you to see how, how you might have felt if Jesus had come 40 days because, okay, they have managed three days. Jesus has come on the fourth day and she's saying, even now, even, even to, all my tradition is now shattered. I've, all I have is my faith in you. So even now where everything has failed, I've got, no, I've got nothing to depend upon. I've got no, I've got no scripture. I've got no tradition. I've got nothing other than you, Jesus. That's all I got. So even now, he says, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. I just want you to understand where, you know, where she's coming from. Everything has gone and all she has is that, I believe you. I don't know. I just believe you. Even now. So Jesus says to her, your brother shall rise again. Now, Jesus has given her what's called a rhema word, a spoken word, a word that, a now word. But she's struggling. And so she's saying, yes, I know scripture. You're quite right, Jesus, that, that um, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection and in the last day. That's the logos word. That is the general word. But Jesus trying to move her, which is difficult. Come on, how would you be presented with uh, 
somebody who's dead for days. And someone is, now Jesus is speaking to you to say, uh, uh, he will rise again. And you say, oh, yes, Lord, I know he'll rise again. He says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I am. I am. I am the resurrection of life. The I am is here standing in for you. I am able to raise that which is dead. I am the person who will raise that dream. I am the thing that you thought was dead. He is saying, I am. I am the, I am the word, the rhema word now. I am. The I am is here. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She says to him, yes, Lord. I believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come and into the world. All her theology is gone, but she just believes Jesus. And that's all that matters. Your theology, you perhaps haven't gone to the place where you've been squeezed. I have been places where I have been squeezed and the, I know a lot of scriptures. I do. And the Holy Spirit uh, enables them to come up, come up. I have been where I cannot remember one single, one single scripture. I'm squeezed that much. And all I can say is, Lord, I trust you. That's it. I've got nothing else. I've been squeezed to the point. I, 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 all I can say is, Jesus, I trust you. And the scripture that makes me trust you said, I go, I go away to prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I would have told you. I say, Jesus, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. If it was not so, you would, would have told me. That's it. I trust you. That's all I have. So she says, I do. Then she runs back and she goes in verse 29, 28, and she says, and when she had heard said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Now, that's interesting. That's why I think that somebody might have told both Mary and Martha because she's added, the teacher is calling you. Now, we may not have all the record, but he doesn't, we have no record of him saying, oh, please get, please get Mary. But maybe, just speculating, maybe, knowing her personality, she's wounded. She's hurting. She's angry. She's everything. She's emotionally, that's the way she is. So when Martha says, and he's calling for you, says, okay. And she immediately runs and runs to where Jesus is. And the people around her who are weeping with her think that she's going to the tomb. So they lift up and follow her. And as soon as she sees Jesus. 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down on, her, on his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who also were weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And Jesus will be asking you, where have you laid your dream? Where is the tomb that he's asking you? I'm declaring today that the I am has arrived and is lifting your faith 
to say, where have you laid your dream? Because God is going to be telling you, remove the stone because the dream is not dead. And the reason why it's not dead, because the I am who spoke the word is here and able to bring about what you decided was dead. And I'm not saying, look, I've been there. When you're in a battle, sometimes you get, you get wounded, you get scarred. And I've, I've, got my, I've got my battle scars. So in no way am I condescending or saying you should be the... I'm saying, I have been there. That's why I'm talking. Verse 35, one of the most famous uh, verses, it says, Jesus wept. In other words, and it wasn't a, you know, it was dignified uh, 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 weeping, you know, a, a tear down here, because if you're in a crowd, you can't see that. It's got to have been emotional. He wept. So much so that the people said, See how he loved him. Could he not have, he that opened the blind eyes, could he not have saved this one? So it, it wasn't a dignified, you know, sort of. He wept. Now, I don't know how he wept, so I'm not going to demonstrate it, but he wept enough for people to see that he was involved. So we, we get this. And partly right, partly right. God is, God is, no. We know, we, we say God is not moved by emotions. And in some ways they're right. You, you can't manipulate God through your emotions. But he also says that Jesus is the great high priest who is able to feel the infirmities. So, he, so even as the high priest, he feels what you're feeling. Even on the earth, he was often moved by compassion. So this idea that we have some God, a, a, a Jesus is sort of, you know, I don't care how you feel, etc. just your word. No, 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 no. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Those who are brokenhearted, that's what he came to do. And he still ministers to the brokenhearted and the contrite heart. This is, he paid for the whole package. Spirit, soul, and body, and he cares for the whole package. So verse 38. No, we need to go just a slight before that. Verse 37. And some of them said, could you, this man just read, he opened the eyes of the blind. Then Jesus, again groaning, his, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Now Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Now in, in our occasion, the stench can be because uh, you know what happens. When you're disappointed, when you're wounded, it's like it's, it's natural. If I injured my right leg, I'm going to naturally avoid putting weight on my right leg and put it on my left leg. Because every time I step, I'm, I'm causing pain. So I'm naturally moving. My, I, my walk is different. And so it is spiritually. When we get wounded, our walk is different because we're trying to avoid 
put in pain. And it's like saying, when he says, by now he stinketh, that depends on us. Whether we're looking on saying, how have we reacted to the pain? How have we reacted to the disappointment? How have we reacted is whether or not who's stinking or not. Because when we're squeezed, what's coming out will determine, I mean, what, what, what is there will come out. So if, you're, if you've been bitter, you've been wounded, you've been disappointed, when you're squeezed, that's what's come out. The, whew, boy, glory. But if somehow in all that you're saying, I, st- I don't understand, but I believe you. I, I, I know you love me. You love me. I love you. I don't understand, but I trust you. So when you're squeezed, what comes out is perfume. That's what God is looking for. What, what is there when you're squeezed? My leaders know that I, I don't put, put pressure on them, but when they're on pressure, I watch how they behave. All of you will testify. Because I want to know what are they, everybody's okay when everybody's okay, but under pressure, I want to know what's coming out. Because I do the same for myself. Under pressure, I observe myself. Sometimes I'm disappointed at, oh, Eric. No, I'm honest. Sometimes I'm disappointed. On the occasion, I think, oh, praise God, I'm, I've, I've grown a little bit. Like, I like to be real. I don't want to be tendered, you know, because I have the title of senior pastor. I, I suddenly, I'm suddenly moved into the angel, the, the angel realm on the earth. I have the same. In fact, some of the things I know that you've gone through, I say, my gosh, because of their testimony, I haven't gone through it, but because of their testimony, I'm saying, God, if I have to go through that, remind me of sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. What I haven't gone through, I can't talk about. But what I, can, what I have gone through, I can talk about. So, G, now Martha's now presented with, she's, she's struggling She's got the rhema word, but she's also got the overwhelming facts of a tomb which has her brother in, which he's, she's been there for, he's been there for four days, and Jesus is saying, roll away the stone. And Jesus is saying to us, take away the doubt, take away whatever, I am the resurrection of life, I will speak the word, because your dream is not dead, and I am able to fulfill what I promised in Jesus' name. So finally, verse 43. No, let's go to 42. It says, well, he says a prayer. We only go there. We go 43. It says, now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead came out, bound and foot bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloths. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. And Jesus saying to your dead, you think your dead dream, loose it 
and let the dream go free. The, 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 the burial ground, the things, the reasons why you think that this is dead. Jesus saying, loose it and let the dream go free. Let God fulfill what he said he will do. Move away your doubts, move away, move away every, every the overwhelming evidence that, conv- that would convince you that the dream is dead. The I am that I am is here. He's declaring it's alive. And he's saying, you do your part, remove your doubt, remove every obstacle that's stopping it from blossoming because what he said will come to pass and he's declared it and he guarantees his own words in Jesus' name. Amen.